Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here, me, here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, while we all actually live out the plot of The Division, we're talking some Final Fantasy VII Remake demo and Call of Duty Warzone. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions. And thanks to the people who contributed this past week or so and uh, got us to hit our $50 landmark or whatever. What do you call it? A milestone? I guess yes, it's a milestone. milestone. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate that. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, subscribe to our Twitch channel if you want to. Uh, you can do it for free using your Amazon Prime account if you haven't used it for another uh, Twitch streamer. Or it's like six bucks a month or something like that for the lowest tier. Uh, regardless, we appreciate everybody who contributes to our network. It is awesome. Um, that being said, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yeah, uh, Horror Movie Yearbook has taken a week off, but there's still plenty to go listen to on their uh, feed. Please go check it out. We did just have a Friday the 13th uh, this week, so there's a Friday the 13th commentary for one of the bonus episodes, and they did just recently talk about the Friday the 13th fan film called Friday the 13th Vengeance, so go check that out. And uh, Westworld starts on Sunday. Woohoo! And Westworld FM will be out at some point during the week. So um, we're still nailing down exactly when we're going to record, but we are planning on having an episode for everybody next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Make sure you're you're subscribed to the feed and whatnot, and it'll be ready for you and waiting as soon as we put it out there. Hell yeah. Awesome. Brian, what have you been playing lately? Um... As far as new stuff goes, uh, the Call of Duty Warzone mode dropped. It's actually, like, if you own Call of Duty, it's integrated into the Call of Duty client, and you can just launch it from there or whatever, but it's also available for free as, like, a separate download for people that don't own Call of Duty. Yeah, and also, it's cross-progression and everything as well. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah, all of my levels that I've already gotten from Call of Duty um, carry over, which is cool because you can actually set up custom loadouts that work in that mode as well as the regular modes. Um, but yeah, it's the regular Warzone mode. There's two modes in it. Um, Warzone, which is basically straight up Battle Royale with a few tweaks on respawning and stuff. Um, but it's 150 players. Um, and then there's plunder mode, which allows you to respawn constantly. Um, but it's like a large scale game that takes place on the Warzone map. Um, there's no like closing circles or anything. Uh, you're basically just going around as a squad of three trying to collect as much money as possible and bank it. My understanding was that you were playing on teams. Yeah, you are. And like like full teams, but any, or maybe not, I don't know, but yeah, you're you're trying to be the first to bank a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, but it's actually just squads versus other squads. There's okay. no large teams involved. Okay. Um but it 
is a smaller player count. I think it's a 90 is what it maxes out on. Um, and you you have to basically call in a helicopter to bank the money that you've got. Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to like money. extracting your gear in like the dark zone in uh, the, the division. division. There's like certain spots you can call in the helicopter and you got to wait for it and then like attach the bag of money to the rope. But like rogue um, agents or whatever, they can't come and steal the money away but they can kill you and take the money before you put it on the helicopter yeah um yeah that's go ahead alert those other teams that you've called the helicopter or do people yes okay they know a helicopter is coming in um there's another way to extract money where you can go there's like buy stations all over the place where you can use your money to buy like gear and ammo and armor and stuff like that whatever um you can also buy a balloon to attach the money to and that just extracts it immediately but it costs like thirty thousand dollars for the balloon i think nice so you're you're taking a hit but sometimes it's worth it um beyond that i i'm not i've only played that mode maybe like half a dozen times it's pretty cool but i don't know all the ins and outs of it as far as like it seems like there's a, a lot of uh, strategic options as far as like trying to get ahead with the money. I mean, you can just sit there and poach other players or go for uh, contracts. There's basically like little like things you can achieve. You'll pick up like a contract that'll tell you to either kill a different enemy squad and kind of give you a general idea where their location is. Um, and if you complete it, you get like a cash bonus or it'll tell you to pick up like three different crates and stuff like that. Um, and uh, you can also just find these like random loot boxes, like drops from a helicopter that have a ton of money in them. But it tells every player that those are incoming. So that's kind of a risk reward thing. But yeah, it's it's cool because you're never like sitting out bored. Like there's like a maybe a thirty second respawn timer, and then you're back in again, and you okay. just parachute from the sky to wherever your squad is. So, but in the in the non plunder mode, there's also a way to to respawn in yeah. like earlier circles, right? Yeah. So with the the warzone mode, which is the regular battle royale. It's the standard like concentric like circles just to keep they keep shrinking, you know, like old battle royale games. Yeah. Um, but if you get knocked out before like the player max is or the, the player count is I don't know, I think maybe when it dips below like twenty or something, it stops. Uh, actually don't even quote me on that. But um Well, it's on the record now. Ah oh, damn it. I think um, maybe after a certain number of rings was my understanding. Okay, yeah, it could be that. I know it stops sending people to the gulag eventually, but basically how that mechanic works is the first time you die, you get sent to the gulag, which looks like the gulag level from basically all the Call of Duties. And it gives you a random loadout of like one gun and like two like usable equipment items like a grenade or in a non-lethal 
and it's you versus one other player in this tiny little arena, which is like a little shower area. Um, Are you naked? No, that would be hilarious. Um, the, the layout of the shower changes occasionally, though. Um, anyways, it's you versus them, and if you win, it puts you back into the game. Um, but that you can only do that once per player. Like you can't just keep going back to the gulag. Okay. So the second time you die, you're out. Unless your teammates are still alive, they can collect up to forty. I think it's like forty five hundred dollars, um, and go to a buy station and buy a respawn for you. So then you you're parachute like back into the game. The forty five hundred dollar man. Yeah, <laughs> we can build him. Yeah, very like a budget friendly man. <laughs> You're not made of metal or anything. So budget friendly man. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Like there, like for instance, I was playing with Zach one, um, one time earlier this week, we played quite a few times actually. Um, but like I died, then came back in the gulag, then bought a respawn for him. Then like, he died and then did the same thing. We kind of like kept a chain going to where like one of us was alive consistently for a while. And we actually got to like, I think top five that way. That's cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting for sure, but it's weird because you see the player count go down and then it'll go back up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. How do you, is there, do you know if there's a point where they stop people from being able to buy response too? No, you can do that all the way up to the end, as far as I can tell. As long as there's a buy station like within that's not out in the gas, because the 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 way the circles work, like they move super slow in the beginning, and then they move really fast, like later on, and they're um, I would say more lethal. If like you can't hang out outside the circles for very long at all, they do have one item. It's like a circle of gas. Yeah, poisonous gas, and they do have one uh, item called the gas mask. Does it? Does the circle of gas just orbit that, your character? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but <laughs> if you <laughs> if you have a gas mask, you have like a few extra seconds. You can stay out in the gas before you start taking damage. Interesting. But um, so how would you compare this to the previous Call of Duty? Uh, battle royale offering called blackout that came out with the last game i would say it's much better for one it's like it looks great but it runs really well like even on lower end machines fine um like shockingly well it runs way better than like PUBG did back in the day and and even blackout mode um and the map's huge uh but like overall, I feel like it works the best mechanically out of any of the ones I've played because it, it's it stays nice and fast paced. Um, some people don't like that it's super easy, like super low time to kill. It's super easy to die, but that doesn't bother me. Um, and they really simplified things. Like you're not bumbling around with story ever, really. Like basically, you you hold tab to like bring up a small little list of like ammo and stuff, and you just click it to drop it for teammates, and it's that easy. And you, there is no like attachment system 
they just like you find guns that have attachments already on them, which is fine with me. Um, it keeps everything just nice and tight and fast. So interesting. Yeah, I would say it's the most fun so far. Oh, if it's free, people should check it out if they're interested. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't like Battle Royale mode, I would say check it out for the plunder mode because that's pretty unique and fun. Yeah, that sounds like a very unique offering. Like, it seems like they put a lot of thought into it. Although, from my understanding, there is like a jump leader, but they don't actually like force you. Yeah, that's a bummer. It doesn't work like Apex like I thought it would, but it does have a contextual ping system like Apex does. Um, cool. yeah, but the jump master thing, it's just like that person's choosing where you should jump, but you, it doesn't make you follow that person. So it's kind of mm-hmm. silly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd say the only other interesting thing, like it does use the traditional call of duty loadout system in a way, like in battle Royale, when you drop in Warzone mode, when you drop, you don't have anything and you just have to scrounge for stuff, but you can buy a loadout drop. So it basically just drops a crate from the sky and then you get to pick from your call of duty loadouts through there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And also in uh plunder mode, you start with loadouts instead of starting bear. So, yeah. So it, it like works with, you know, how call of duty uses perks and stuff. Those still yeah. work in that game, but some of them work differently in Warzone than they do in the regular game. Yeah. That's hmm. about all I have to say for that. I've had fun playing that. I played that with Zach and the webbies and, yeah, it's good to play with all of them again. Sweet. Have you played anything else, or is that pretty much it? Um, I played some Enter the Gungeon some more earlier today, actually. I've been doing that, that too. Yeah, that game's fun. I was inspired to play that after going to PAX and seeing the cool <laughs> uh, layout. And I had, I had never played it before, but then I realized I had it free in the Epic Store. So, nice. yeah, it's it's cool. Um how far, how difficult. far in the gungeon have you gotten? <laughs> Not far at all. I hit like a boss today and then I died. Yeah, that's <laughs> usually what happens to me. I, I've actually been doing better lately. I managed to get down to the third floor. So I beat two bosses and uh, nice. I've been gradually getting better at it. And, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Um, the one tip that I never really like the reason that I'm getting better is because I looked up tips online and one of the tips was don't watch the enemies, watch your character. Cause I was always watching the people that I was shooting at, but if you watch your character, you can dodge roll around the bullets better. Yeah. So, I would say I do a bit of both, but I would say about 75% of the time I'm watching my character. Yeah. I, I, I mostly, I was like pretty much a hundred percent of the time watching the enemies. So that's helped me do a little better than I was doing previously, but also like not, I was never really willing to use the guns because you do have finite ammo on like the weapons yeah. picked up in the gungeon, but you should, you should use those. Oh, I do. The ammo is plentiful for the most part. Yeah. What's not plentiful is health. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. And that was my problem with the boss. Like I, I was a little careless. I probably could have beat that boss because I got it down to maybe like a sixth of its health bar. But then I just was an idiot and dodged into a bullet. 
Mm. And I already had low health. But um <laughs> Yeah, like it's I like the the gameplay of it. It's pretty cool. I think it's on sale for Switch right now. The only problem is the Switch version has like fairly long load times, so you got to have a little bit of patience. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I wish it was a little better than that, but it's a bummer, um, man. I've been <laughs> I've been fighting through it, so I still struggle with twin stick shooters, though. That's never really been my thing. It's like hard for me to wrap my brain around for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I just end up spinning around a bunch and shooting bullets in every direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's cool though. Cool, Alex. What about you? Uh, other than Enter the Gungeon, um, you know, one of the things while we were at PAX that we saw that was there was Final Fantasy VII remake, and uh, they were giving out. You had to get there first thing and grab a ticket that would allow you to come and wait in a line for one of like 30 or 40 stations that were playing the game. And there were people that were basically stuck there waiting all day long. And um, then the day after PAX, they put it up on the PSN store. (laughs) So (laughs) as soon as I got home, that was the first thing that I played was the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. Did you play it at all, John? I did. I actually downloaded and played it through, played through the whole thing last night. Okay. Did, would, uh, so they have three options for you. You can play it on normal or easy difficulty. And then there's also classic, which is the easy difficulty, but it auto attacks for you so that you can play it more like an ATB style RPG. What, which way did you play it? So I played it with the new battle system. Yeah. And yeah. I like, it is very interesting to play that game, like this game specifically, in that manner. <clears throat> Excuse me, Corona. <clears throat> um, but uh, I will say this. As soon as I fired it up and the crystal theme came on, I actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like I legitimately had tears like well up in my eyes and I could not stop smiling. It was so stupid. Um, <laughs> And then when the intro movie plays and you start playing and you get to see like Eris, like, you know, the flower gets stepped on and she picks it up and she looks up at the, the Mako reactor and you're just like, it just like all these feelings, man. Yeah. Um, I don't like the battle system. It is extremely difficult in my opinion. And I was listening to um, Kotaku split screen talk about it and like they were saying it, you have to kind of play it almost more like a Dark Souls, um, which is cool. Like I liked fighting the easier mm. enemies, but when I actually got to the Scorpion robot, like yeah. that was like not fun for me. I don't think. And I was like I I had banked like twenty something potions, and by the end of that battle, I had used every single potion that I had. Me too. And in the original, I remember playing that sequence and never having to touch my potions yeah i mean that was what was interesting to me i didn't really have too many issues with the system like you said up until i got to the boss like i think it's kind of a nice and refreshing way to play that kind of game and i like the fact that it's like a weird mix because basically for anybody that doesn't know as you're attacking with the square button you're building up a meter and when you have a chunk of your meter you can spend that on an action. There's some actions that take one meter, other actions that take two meters. And it's things like cloud doing like a, 
you know, I think is uh, did they basically move he does he, he's doing like they took some of the more dull limit breaks and made those abilities. Yeah. And like, then they they took like some of the more badass limit breaks and made those actual limit breaks. Yeah. And part of my issue with this particular system was to do something as simple as using a potion, I had to build up my ATB meter which I'm not a fan of, like, especially if you're trying to play super reserved and like backed off from the enemy, it takes you forever to like load up the ATB meter unless you like run up to the enemy and attack him and you build your ATB meter faster that way. Like being like, as I'm fighting the scorpion, I'm like backed off trying to like not get hit. Cause I literally only have like 115 life left and any attack that he uses on me will do like 130 roughly like that. Get over here. move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one. Um, no, not at all. But basically I'm like trying to not get, <laughs> I'm trying to not get hit <laughs> by any of his attacks and I have no way to like heal myself. And so I felt like very paralyzed and I don't like that. That bothers me. So um, I, I didn't want to play it on easy because I wanted to feel the challenge. And it is very challenging. I can't even imagine what some of the later battles are going to feel like. <laughs> yeah, can you um, imagine fighting, fighting Emerald Weapon? <laughs> no, it would, it would be terrifying. It'd be awful. It'd be the most terrible experience, I think. I don't know. I mean, again, this is a demo. Maybe they're tweaking it. I don't really know. Like, but it the the system is is different enough to make it feel refreshing, but also different enough that like if you're looking for more of the same, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious to try that classic mode just to see how I feel about it. From what I heard, people were saying that like the the auto attacking that they do feels very slow compared to what you would be doing if you were in control of the person. Yeah. So the fact that it just kind of feels like a slower version of easy. Um, and kind what? of the other thing that I have an issue with is that I just felt like all I was doing was button mashing. Like I felt yeah. like there was like next to no strategy to it, but I also like, again, like it's also a new system. So I don't know if I'm like, clearly I just wasn't doing everything the way it's meant to be done. Well, so what was your question, Brian? So does classic mode, just take the new style of combat and like slow it down or something, or does it actually make it turn-based like it used to be? So what it does is it auto attacks for you. So instead of you button mashing square, like John was saying, it just continues attacking. And then when your meter fills up, it pauses to let you select an action is my, uh, understanding. I haven't played it yet. Does the meter fill any faster? Like, I assume on easy mode, it probably fills up faster than normal mode, but I don't know that for sure. I mean, and here's the thing on normal mode. I felt as though the problem that I had previously assumed I would have was true. Like the scorpion battle takes very long. It feels a little tedious and not necessarily super fun. And so I was considering maybe I should try it on easy. Maybe I should try it with classic mode. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted, but I'm still pretty excited for the game. Oh, I still, I still want it. Like no matter what, I, I can definitely say that, but it's, it's just, uh, yeah. I feel like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, 
I've heard that you might be able to adjust what difficulty you do. Okay. So I was thinking about maybe for maybe for bosses I'll bump it down to easy, but for normal I'll I'll play normal, you know, for like yeah. one of the easier guys. Because I don't know. I mean, I used to be one of those people that's like, I want to play it how it was intended. But well, now it's just interesting. I'm old enough that I'm like, I don't need to spend an additional 20 minutes on the Scorpion when I could beat him in 10. Like, like if you think about it, yeah. though, like the way the system works now is very similar to how, like, if it was turn based, like it plays very close to that in in the asp in the in the sense that in turn based, when when you you select your action and you attack, then the and you hit the enemy, and then the enemy hits you, and so like in this case, like one of the things I was kind of bothered by is I couldn't really dodge any of the missile hits. Like, even yeah. though I'm being told like, Oh, use the circle button to dodge or like yeah. use the R one to block or whatever. Like blocking did like half damage, but dodging did fucking nothing against those missiles. The missiles hit you no matter what, like there was yeah. no way to avoid them. Even if you circled around him and everything, like he still hit you. And that kind of bothered me. Cause I'm like, okay, like, is like do i have freedom or am i gonna get hit either way is there no way for me to not take damage from his attacks because it just seemed like i was given no option to actually avoid them like couldn't parry them you couldn't like dodge out of the way like you're being hit by missiles no matter what so yeah even though the attack he has where he jumps up on the wall which like the scale of everything is fucking rad man like I mean, it was, it's presented very well. So when he, you know, Scorpion dude jumps up on the wall and he's launching missiles at you, you literally cannot avoid those missiles. They're, they, they will hit you no matter what. Like, so it, it does, it has that, like, they, they took that aspect of the turn-based battles and kind of like made it into an action RPG, but in a manner that's like not really favorable to you as the player, it benefits the game more so than you. And I mean, maybe square was like we want to make this the dark souls of final fantasy uh but we're going to make it even more brutal than that in the sense that you can't fucking dodge the attacks like so i I don't know but even like fighting some of the other enemies is like totally fine you know like the those dog things like take forever to kill compared to the humans which doesn't really make sense to me i suppose but whatever like it's it is what it is um well that's kind of the weird thing of it is that like the there's also like a stagger system going on that basically allows you to create an opening to do more damage and attack more. But the Mm -hmm. the thing is that like, it feels as though the normal sword attacks that you perform by pressing square repeatedly are not really meant to do any real damage to the boss, but you need to do that in order to build up, build up that meter and perform the attacks that do somewhat damage the boss. And that just feels so I don't like that. I don't like the idea that I'm like, oh, I got to sit here and do this shitty chip damage that does nothing in order well, to. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, every every time I had to switch over to Barrett, like, he hadn't used any of his abilities or anything. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing over here, motherfucker? Like, well, why don't you use your thunder attack, which Cloud tells you to use at the beginning of the battle? Like, hit it with lightning, hit it with lightning. He says it like three fucking times. And Barrett's like, what are we going to do about this? You know? And it's like, <laughs> dude, like, you fucking shoot him with your lightning and he didn't like i would uh, i would die i used all my phoenix downs as like because cloud would die barrett would have full life like, <laughs> like he wasn't getting hit at all and cloud would die and i'd have to switch over to barrett he's got full life he has full atb 
and full like mana because he hasn't used any of his magic attacks. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what are you slacking? And he's like, you're going to make me do this myself. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, because you haven't fucking done any of the work yet. Like, <laughs> I think so, that's because they're saving those ATB ATB meters for you to use. The no, fuck is- that. If, if you're going to make a character be somewhat autonomous, I want him to at least be intelligent. And if well, the one character is saying out loud, like, hey, use your thunder attack, then use your fucking thunder attack, man. But like- the thing is that when you're playing as Cloud, I think if you, you, if you open up the ATB thing, you can hit like L2 and it'll shift it to Barrett's actions and you can use Cl- like even while you're playing as Cloud, you can command Barrett to use his actions that's that's fine but the thing is in the heat of that particular battle i'm really only focused on like trying to keep cloud alive and i'm not really paying attention to that so if if they're going to create somewhat of an autonomous character or like if the battle system has autonomy to it in that respect at least give them some intelligence to like use if you have two atv use at least one of them you know what i mean like yeah i'm i'm curious like i i know that they in like final fantasy 13 because this battle well, system- 10 10 and 12 had a similar system in that you could you could set the characters to be more reserved and use less like you you had like a, a tree of commands that you could kind yeah. of set up for each of them to like play a certain way specifically be more of a healer yeah or do like magic 12 was that yeah. way 10 was still turn-based and normal but 12 was the one where like you could you could tell you know your healer to like stay in the background don't attack only heal when needed like that was like a set of commands that you could give them and then your dps guy you could say okay use this boost attack to get more attack power then attack the enemy like and you could set that up in the menu system before even yeah. going into a battle yeah so, so maybe I'm curious if they'll have more something like that i didn't see it in the demo but right i'm hoping they allow for that sort of customization because that would be very helpful i just i was really disappointed in the fact that like i was getting destroyed and like i'd flick over to barrett and he'd be like you gonna make me blah, blah, blah. and then like he couldn't like he was full life full everything and like wasn't doing any because that fucking gun doesn't do any fucking damage to the scorpion thing it's useless well yeah it's so, just like the, so it's like i said like that you can hold down squares barrett to fill up your fill up your meter and then use that atb or whatever but yeah i now that you said the thing about using the lightning or the the thunder i don't think i used that maybe more than once so i'm wondering if it was an easier battle if i was hopping over to bed i mean he, it, that the thunder attack did over 500 damage every hit like yeah. and it's only four mana so it, it's just dumb that like it wasn't even really an option all that being said um I still want to play it. I'm, I know I'll enjoy it. I think uh, listening to Kotaku again, calling back to that, Jason Schreier's being a whiny little bitch about it because he's all complaining about how it's episodic and he doesn't know how many episodes and when they're coming out and how much it's all going to cost him in the end. And it just, to me, it sounds like, dude, like, just don't play it. Like, you don't, like, I don't, if I have to listen to him complain about those topics for the next, like, three months, like, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be like he just sounds he sounds so whiny about it and for no reason like I think he's blowing it completely out of proportion and he's not giving Square like any kind of faith that like they're going to do right by their fans like Square doesn't want to fuck this game up this is like this is their like this is a game that like inspired the entire generation of current gamers that are in their like 20s to 30s like yeah yeah, but now like that you're older do you really want like a 200 hour game or something no you want like something you can actually finish in maybe the next month and here's the thing like 
maybe this game will be 20 hours in the that, end. That's what I'm saying. I feel like this is a pretty good approach for people that and that's, grew up playing the game and are now older and don't have time to play a couple hundred hour yeah, game or the, the however original, long that game was. The original game was like maybe 20 hours per disc. It was three discs, so roughly 60 I, hours. I like, mean, I feel like I watched at least 40 hours of the game. Are you sure it's not longer than that? It's entirely possible. <laughs> I, I put in I put in over 100 hours just trying to well, level yeah, characters, but, but I'm sure. It's, okay. Yeah. It, I like, I don't know. I, I just like, I think he specifically that, yeah. is, is being overly whiny. I about listened it. to that episode and I do feel like they should maybe finish the game in the next few years, at least, and not drag it out for a decade or something. If but. I had to guess, he's mostly complaining about the ambiguity of it all. The fact that they're not willing to sit down and say, this is our plan, which I yeah. get it. But it, it just kind of sucks that it's like they're they're kind of talking around it. What would be interesting to me is if instead, like maybe they will do the original Final Fantasy VII in three parts. But what if they come out with part four and it starts branching into the like Dirge of Cerberus stuff and Advent Children stuff and like the be like what if you play through Advent Children in this new Final Fantasy VII remake? That would be cool. That'd be pretty rad, right? So I, I, I think, well, maybe, and that's the thing is like maybe they're not saying how many episodes they have because they want to see how these do, so that they could expand on that on this particular, exactly episode, like this fran- part of the franchise, like yeah, which I get, but he, I don't know, I just like hearing him complain about it is super annoying because he just sounds like a giant baby. So how long to beat says that you could beat the main story with no side quests in like thirty eight hours, but completionists could play the game, uh, could could play the game for 90 hours so this is a long game though i mean look at that speed run even is eight and a half hours yeah 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 i mean it eight, yeah, and, that, eight and a half hours and that's probably using um bugs exploits yeah, whatever exploits to skip to certain parts that, of the that's game, just, anyway. yeah, this is all user submitted though right yeah yeah these people are all liars <laughs> There's no fucking way you can beat this game in eight hours. I oh, absolutely I believe it if there's exploits. I watched somebody beat it in three. So, but that that was definitely with glitches, and that was on uh, that was on awesome like, games. What kind of glitches, man? I mean, some of these later bosses are impossible to beat without having leveled your character. Some like they they used a glitch to skip from disc one to disc three. <laughs> that's that's the dumbest. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> That's the whole point of the hobby. <laughs> I would like to see it without glitches. I would like yeah. to actually enjoy my game, so I'm not really it's into that hobby, but person, I appreciate it. If this fastest person, this is an any percent speed run. If they beat the game, if they beat the main story in eight hours and 33 minutes, I'm pretty impressed by that. So I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, whatever. Um, Webby did say, he texted me and he said that the demo suite combat is different than any other action RPG. And it definitely has a learning curve. And I agree with all of that. Um, and that's like, like you were saying, Alex, like you think it, it's in your, in, the intention is for you to be swapping between characters on the fly, which it is like very easy to do that. And this, like, as you do, it is pretty cool because it's just like, basically if you're playing as cloud and you switch to Barrett, he's like, here, you take the lead. And then it like jumps over to Barrett and you're playing as him. Like, 
So like it's 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 meta in the sense that it kind of plays into how you're playing the game, which is really cool too. So yeah. go ahead, Brian. So as the game goes on, though, don't you end up with a larger party and therefore have more characters to switch between? Or is no, there like you, a... you only there's a party limit of three characters. Well, so... that's still more than there's only two in the demo, right? Yeah, but like you you end up in the original game, you end up with like nine, I think, characters, right? You got. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's like playing any RPG. You make like a Yaffe, a party, and Kate Sith, nine characters. So I I think that here's the thing. I think this version of the game will probably only have Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa. Yeah, well, I heard they were dropping Vincent from the game anyways because he's a side quest. Like he's not even going to be in the rest of the game. I I highly doubt that because I think he's a big fan favorite oh but, he's my favorite character of all time exactly. <laughs> he's my but, favorite final fantasy character because he looks like he should be in castlevania so my, my sounds guess, like it my guess is that this game you will have cloud barrett tifa the next game you could probably have um they could maybe do eris i feel like if anybody's not going to be a character they could take eris off but anyway it could be like you don't even get to play as her maybe theoretically dies well, spoiler alert, but <laughs> everybody knows this. The only people who want to play this game are the people who like played it before. Well, anyway, like I don't, I don't know necessarily how they're going to break it down and maybe they will make it so that you can add to the party. But my guess is that they will maybe try and gear the games towards these are the three characters that you have with you at the time. I don't know. We'll have to yeah. see. It's not like I wouldn't expect to go through this game and have Red 13 and Yuffie by the end of it, you know? I don't know. They showed Red 13 off in like the trailers for this first episode. I think he'll be in the trailer because if the game is supposed to end when you leave Midgar, then you should have him with you by then. But I don't know if he'll be playable or not. So, who knows? We'll find out. You probably get to play him for one battle and then it's like, please wait for episode two. (laughs) I'd be so fucking mad. <laughs> anyway, speaking of other PlayStation 1 classics, I have downloaded Castlevania Symphony of the Night on two of my portable devices, and I have obliterated it on one of them <laughs> uh, in a matter of eight hours and like 34 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, if you have not played Symphony of the Night, you fucking need to play this game. It is the best Castlevania game of all time. Um, but you said it's not the best port, though, right? It, well, okay, so this port is specifically based off of the Sega Saturn version, which allows you to play as Richter and Maria right from the start of the game. Um, there are also some extra battles in there because of it, and specifically the battle I hated was the one where it forced me to fight Maria in order to get the Holy Glasses, which you need to beat Richter. And the Holy, like that battle, like she is kind of OP, so you kind of, like you gotta, I think you kind of have to die once to understand the pattern of her attacks and everything in order for you to go back and beat her. But it was just kind of aggravating that she is as powerful as she is. So, um, but yeah, Castlevania symphony of the night is so good. It is. The music is so fantastic and it, it plays really well. I used a, a, uh, I used an Xbox controller with my phone and I used a, my, uh, my steel series Nimbus for my iPad and they both work perfectly and it plays great and i love it i love it so much i uh 
I just want it on Switch, like really bad. Like in like they could just port this exact port over to Switch, and I'd be happy if they like updated the graphics so they were even yeah. cleaner. I would be even happier, but it's totally unnecessary because the game's flawless I, as it is. I don't really understand why they won't put it on Switch or haven't. It's just they, they were probably me. testing the waters with these these portable ports to see if it's something people even want. So that's why I bought it twice, and you should buy more copies. I, I would think that with um. I don't know. It probably comes down to how well the um, Castlevania collection sold on Switch. But, but it would have sold better if it had Symphony of the Night in it. Yeah. Maybe. I would have bought it. I didn't buy it, but I would have bought it if it had Symphony of the Night. Yeah. But um, for those who have not played the game, the best sword in the game is the Chris Grimm, and you can't get it until the second castle. And so you just need to know that once you get that's that's the thing like getting through the first castle is going to be the bulk of your time because as soon as you actually like get the chrysogram you can breeze through the entire rest of the game so <laughs> i like to just, use the chrysogram with the rune sword yeah because the rune sword um so the chrysogram has a certain reach on it mm-hmm. but the rune sword all of its reach is past the chrysogram's reach Mm-hmm. So you can like you have just this cone of damage that follows in front of you if you keep going back and forth between the two of them, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's and if you use the chrysogram, you can actually kind of stun lock a bunch of the bosses too. Like, yeah, if you get them if you get cornered in the right area, which is great. But yeah, it's it what a what a great port. And I just, the the only other downside I will say is that they used updated. Uh, voice actors and script mm-hmm. and so it is not nearly as hilarious and fun to start that game and like i know the majority of dracula's opening dialogue and it is so sad to not be able to sit there and, and be like what is a man <laughs> <laughs> and like just like recite it with him narrate him verbatim okay it, it's it kind of sucks but um yeah it's still it's what a what a treat to have pop into your feed that you can buy Castlevania on your cell phone for $3. Like, yeah. Uh, awesome. I think everybody should check it out. Even oh, fuck yeah. if you, if you're not a Castlevania fan, but you're a fan of like super Metroid, you should play symphony of the night for sure. Indeed. All right. Anything else that you've played Alex that you want to talk about? No, I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Let's hit some news right quick. News time. We'll go back chronologically and lead forward. All right. Who put this one in? It was Brian. Yeah. Not much to say here. Um, you want to read the headline? So people know what we're talking about? Halo Combat Evolved is now on PC. Sweet. It, like they're slowly mean? rolling out the Master Chief collection for PC. Um, but they didn't actually announce that this was even done and like they're going in order chronologically. So reach came out first. Um, and this is the original game first halo. Um, cause reach is a prequel to, to all the other halo games. Um, anyways, this just came out on Tuesday with no warning, which is pretty cool. That's and, awesome. And, yeah. So it's on uh, Game Pass for PC, or you can purchase the Master Chief Collection on both the Microsoft Store and Steam for thirty nine ninety nine, 
or you could buy just Halo One individually for ten dollars. So yeah, any of the games ten dollars each. That's awesome. It runs at sixty frames per second at four K ultra high definition on PC. So yep, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, uh. Yeah, so Ubisoft is going to be reworking Ghost Recon. Uh, a couple of the biggest changes that they're doing are th- they've canceled the second raid and they're yeah. going to reduce its aggravating always online requirement. And it's soon going to release an update that allows players to deactivate the despised loot system, um, trying to salvage the game, which has been pretty disastrous from launch. Uh, I didn't think so, but that's okay. Um, they're also going to be implementing a- an Im- immersive mode and you would, uh, in that case, be able to pick up a weapon and find it viable throughout their entire time playing the game. In this mode, gear score is gone. Players who use this mode will also be able to customize settings for their character's stamina and health, clear clutter from the game's head up, heads-up display, and even determine whether getting shot always causes severe injury. So that sounds pretty cool. Making it more like a, uh, a traditional... It sounds more like um, Wildlands. Yeah. You know? Um, the immersive mode is the headliner breakpoint overhaul, which is slated for March 24th, but it is just one of several dramatic changes that are coming about as Ubisoft rips up its roadmap. So, yeah, uh, this sounds good. I still like, I, well, I got rid of my Ubi, my Uplay subscription, uh, cause I'm having a child and I shouldn't be paying for a bunch of subscription services I don't use all the time. So, <laughs> um, at some point, if anybody wants to buy me Breakpoint, that's cool. It's on sale right now for like 20 bucks, <laughs> And I'll play with you uh, on whatever platform you want. Um, but yeah, like this this game's it was fun. So it, I'm, I'm glad they haven't completely given up on it. And I'm sure the community is pretty happy about that too. So Yeah, it looks like they have a pretty... They're still following their year one roadmap somewhat, minus that change in the, the raid. But yeah. um no, that's that's cool. I I hope it finds new life. Uh, and we know that Ubisoft has been good about supporting their games post launch and and finding even more of an audience later on. So yeah, right on. I'll talk uh, about this one. Yeah, do it. So Reggie Fizeme, formerly of Nintendo, has been appointed to the GameStop board of directors. Um, this is shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> not because um i think gamestop is right to want somebody as strong as reggie on their team but i'm shocked that reggie made this his next move after nintendo well he's going to be introducing at all gamestop stores the amiza bow which is like an amiibo <laughs> but it's shaped like him and it gives you money you know what <laughs> if they had like a full size reggie Reggie statue <laughs> at each GameStop. I'd probably go in. Like you if go it, and you light a couple candles at his feet and you like <laughs> bow and pray to him for the sake of GameStop. You know, like <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Well, um, you should also mention they they also added the former CEO of Walmart, William Simon, and current PetSmart president and CEO James Semanic. Semanic. Manchik. I don't know. Semanchik, so yeah, something like that. They're trying desperately to turn things around by yes. hiring some legitimate people to run their board. Sounds hiring good. people who like, well, at least, I mean, Reggie knows what the hell he's doing in terms of 
video games, but these other guys like run very large companies. So it'd be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I will say that, uh, Robin hood gave me a GameStop share. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. When I, uh, ironically, when Nick had asked me if, who I use for buying and trading stocks, uh. so I got him to sign up on Robin hood and I got a GameStop share out of it. So. That's been fun to watch in this fucking economic downturn. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably be worse in a few months. Uh, it's, we'll see. I, I will say Reggie being on this board makes me think that it will be possible that GameStop will not just evaporate in the next 10 years. It could still happen, but I feel like with Reggie there, they are more likely to pull out of the tailspin than yeah, just succumb. So Right. Yeah. Cool. cool. Big news. Yeah. Probably already heard it by this point. E3 2020 canceled <laughs> over coronavirus concerns. Just like everything else right now. Yeah. Um, What's the canola virus? <laughs> I didn't say that. The carbonara virus? Yeah. What's it called? That's the carbonara virus. You can't. Uh, the canola virus? Cannoli virus? The cannoli virus? <laughs> you know, people are saying a lot of this coronavirus stuff is getting kind of racist, and we just took it to a whole nother racist direction. <laughs> you can't be racist uh, against white people. It's not possible. <laughs> anyway. Colona virus? The Kalua virus? So. Uh, Ars Technica was the first to report the cancellation of E3. There were a lot of people. This was, you know, the chum was in the water for this one. But the interesting thing about it is that there's now also a bunch of people talking about, like, the fact that this was probably just, like, a blessing for the ESA to be like, yeah, there's no E3 this year. (laughs) Yeah, I was saying that even before they announced the... uh cancellation that like they were probably happy that they had a legit reason to cancel it yeah yeah because i mean if you think about it uh jeff Keeley announced that he wasn't going to do anything he wasn't going to attend this year well before the coronavirus thing had uh become inflamed in the in the media but also um one of the interesting ones was i am 8-bit was the this the the website or web store that sells a bunch of like physical editions of games and cool artwork and and uh like posters and action figures and things related to games um they were meant to be creative directors for the convention and at one point they just straight up said uh we're no longer doing this and uh good luck to the esa and that was like a couple weeks ago and it was really before any type of coronavirus cancellation had occurred for anything. So yeah, I think the, uh, the writing was on the wall, but it'll be interesting to see if we ever have another E3 or not. So maybe it's time to move on to E4, (laughs) leave E3 behind. What's the fourth E stand for? Uh, what was it? The Electronic uh, Entertainment Expo? Yes, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Maybe it'll be the Electronic Entertainment Expo Exposition. How about the excellent Ex- electronic Ex- blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. 
That's not as exciting as what I was hoping. Exciting but. electronic. Or what if it's just the E Electronic Entertainment Expo? Because they do it all electronic. online. Coronavirus from spreading. Okay. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's there's a lot of uh, good podcasts out there of people who have attended many E3s. Uh, I was listening to the Giant Beast cast, and Jeff Gerstmann of Giant Bomb, of course, has been to literally every E3. So to hear, like, it was interesting because from his standpoint, he was like, I feel as though a lot of the consumers out there don't really understand that the E3 of the past few years is not the E3 that you grew up reading about on IGN.com at. Yeah, you know, in like 2003, um, and he was like, that feeling is much more something you get out of a PAX at this point, like not necessarily from like huge announcements or anything, but like going to see cool stuff that other people haven't seen yet or haven't gotten their hands on. Um, so in that sense, it made me kind of like, well, you know, the E3 of our younger years doesn't really exist anymore and if i never get to go to an e3 then it's okay i missed out on my chance a long time ago to go to the one that i would want to go to but i don't know interesting interesting development and uh we'll see if they try and resurrect it from the ashes at some point next year i guess right on what's next ah yes Blade Classic Runner. Blade Runner video game to be restored for consoles and Steam. Uh, we spoke Studios. about the what's that? Nighttime Studios is doing it. Yeah, That's we spoke about the release of the game on Good Old Games a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, but now it's going to actually be somewhat um, restored with you know cleaner graphics and other things. Um, for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and Steam. So Cool. I would really like to play that game, because I've never played it, and I love point-and-click adventures and Blade Runner. Yeah, I bought it on GOG. I have not played any of it yet, which I'm sure is a shock to everybody. But um, <laughs> You bought a game and didn't play it yet? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, this enhanced, it's called Blade Runner Enhanced Edition, and it's expected to launch later this year, although... Who knows nowadays? But uh, yeah, very cool. Nice, John. This one's you. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so the Division Two is coming to Stadia on March seventeenth. I don't care about the Crew Two or Monopoly, which are also <laughs> coming. So fuck those games. But the Division's <laughs> coming. And my guess is it's probably going to cost like 45 bucks or something like that to buy it on Stadia. Um, what I, I want to mention... 59.99. Sure. It's entirely possible, which <laughs> is crazy because it doesn't cost that much to get the whole game and the expansion on any other platform, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, what this does have is it will have cross-play and cross-progression with PC. So because I'm playing it on PC, I will have all my PC shit on this account as well. Um, it also is going to allow for Stream Connect, which is a feature for Stadia that allows you to stream all of your teammates' viewpoints onto a single screen, um, which is really cool. And it, it might be actually helpful to kind of play with that, just because 
Yeah. You can, you can kind of see how some of your teammates are getting overwhelmed or whatever. I mean, I, I can't imagine having four different screens on a tiny, like, cell phone screen, though. Yeah, It'd I don't be really know. cluttered. It necessarily works that way specifically, but regardless, yeah. this is really cool. I love the Division 2. I still haven't had a chance to actually start the Warlords of New York expansion because I've been. Do you so own it? I do. I bought it, yeah. I don't um, have it yet. So I really want to take a minute to step into that and play some of it because I've heard good things. I've heard some bad things too, but uh, ultimately the gear system seems really... They, they've done a lot with the gear system, which was already like pretty extensive all, like to begin with. But the fact that it's coming to Stadia is really cool. I also want to mention that I, this is one of the reasons Ubisoft is because they are willing to like try these sorts of things and like stick with them as much as possible. Look at GeForce Now, which we've seen Bethesda... Uh, Activision Blizzard and a few other developers have now all pulled their games from GeForce Now because they're not making money off of the the, the fact that in, uh, GeForce is making money off of it or NVIDIA is making money or whatever. Um, Ubisoft doesn't care. They're like, fuck it. No, keep our games on there. Let's keep rolling with it and see how this goes. Uh, because I think Ubisoft understands that this is kind of the future of things is like streaming platforms. So I just want to give them props for sticking with it. And uh, I'm really excited. I will probably buy this on Stadia so that I can play it everywhere I go because I honestly love the Division 2. So, well, well, so wait, is Ubisoft, are these games on GeForce now? Yes. Okay. Yes, so I can uh, play. I have played the Division 2 on GeForce now from. <laughs> so why would, why would you want it on Stadia? Um, I'm just saying like either way, like it, it like. I'm just happy it works. Are you happy it's on one of them? Yes. But also, it, it Stadia works a lot easier than GeForce Now. Like, when G... Yeah. Okay, so well, let me explain GeForce the process now, of, of GeForce yeah. Now and signing, like signing into the division. So you select the game. It loads up the little window where you have to log into your Ubisoft account. And you have to log in every single time. Okay, so that's annoying. Oh, my annoying, goodness. Annoying wow, that's worth one. spending 45 Hold more dollars. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Annoyance number one. Annoyance number two is you have to have two-factor authentication set up on your Ubisoft account. And so when that happens, like not only do you have to try and log in, but then you have to flip over to your Google Authenticator, wait for the code, and click get a new code, remember that code, because you can't copy-paste them. You have to fucking memorize like a six-digit code. And then you have to flick back over to GeForce Now which has to kind of like restart, but not restart because you don't have to log in again, but it has to like kind of like, I don't know what the phrase is. It has to like, uh, (laughs) anyways, like the amount of times that I, like it took my phone a little bit longer to like log back into GeForce now so that I could punch in the six digit code, but then have to go and get another six digit code is super annoying. So, the fact that I would just be able to log into Stadia and it would just work like one time, like I just have to log in once is like super cool to me. Like it's like those little conveniences make things more enjoyable for me. That personally. is cool. I don't know if it's like $45 cool, but yeah. I, yeah. The only other benefit that GeForce Now has over Stadia is I can use GeForce Now like on my cell phone network. So even if I'm not, attached to wi-fi i can use it wherever i am whereas Wi-Fi. so does uh the division two have ray tracing 
No. No? Okay. It's not new enough. Or I'm surprised they haven't it added is, it, it is in new there. enough, but it's not necessary. It, it's a good enough looking game. They could uh that could be one one up on Stadia as well. But But anyways, um yeah. I I just really like the division and I'm excited for that. So Cool. No, I mean you can tell by this press release that Stadia put out that they're basically just like, Oh my god, there's games on our service now. Um, right. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure they're glad for the announcement. I like that the it says at the bottom of it, more games are coming to Stadia this year, including Doom Eternal, The Elder Scrolls Online, and Super Hot. Keep your eyes on Stadia's Twitter and Facebook for more news on upcoming games and other up-to-the-second announcements. Yeah. It's interesting to me that this was posted on March 12th, which is eight days before the release of Doom Eternal. Sounds like Doom Eternal will not be on Stadia at launch. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I would think they would have See, put it on there like if it is. That's a little more worthy of the Price is Right bummer sound than like what I was saying and doing. <laughs> Thanks. I just want to look up here and see because maybe, maybe like I felt like they were planning on putting it out at the same time. Uh, well, Doom Eternal is not true 4K on Google Stadia. There's, there's some news. Yeah, That's I mean, we all know that they're like doing weird, stupid upscaling stuff because for some reason it's not the best way to play video games, but. I guess they didn't buy very good computers for their little server farm. Just uh, just have faith, guys. <laughs> You're really bumming me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Like, I don't, yeah. Doom Eternal on Stadia. Oh, it says on the Doom on Bethesda's website that Doom Eternal will unlock at 12.01 a.m. Eastern time on March 20th. So it is supposed to come out. Very weird that they didn't list that in their press release but maybe they just wanted to keep the focus on ubisoft for that so okay uh and then we have a few quick coronavirus updates here um basically um go ahead it's your story at&t is suspending their data caps or as this article says suspending bullshit data caps which is funny to me What's a data cap? I thought it was a data cap. What? <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, Vice, uh, Vice's motherboard was the first to report on this, and AT&T is the first to do this. I think other ISPs are now doing that. I don't know if that is true or not. I would hope so, but... um. No, and since the coronavirus is keeping people at home and requiring people to work from home and maybe making you watch more stuff on Netflix as opposed to going out and seeing movies or whatever it is. Um, yep. They've removed that data camp, which is nice. It says that uh, a group of senators have also written to the CEOs of Sprint, T-Mobile, and Comcast asking them to do the same, so. And I think I think I got an email from T-Mobile saying that they did that. And yeah, they they all have at this point. Oh, so, Wide Open West doesn't have one at all, anyways. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Comcast is actually offering. This is another story that John posted. Yeah, but I, I, I Comcast. 
Yeah, I don't even want to mention this because they okay. don't deserve publicity. Comcast isn't offering anything for the coronavirus. Comcast so blows ass. Guys. Yeah, whatever they're giving away for free is not worth it because they're trying to rope you into some bullshit deal. I'm sure well, you they're putting your credit card on they're file. They're probably just going to raise yeah. everyone else's prices to pay for the free accounts. They'll, exactly. Uh, they'll bill you at a rate of eighty nine ninety nine for your 25 so, megabyte connection that they give you for free. It's actually get, 15. Get, get WoW if you can. If you can't, get AT&T. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Or if you have something better near you, like... Um, like a cell phone. Sonic. Sonic yeah. is in the Bay Area. Yeah, uh, sure. They are, I think, the high, one of the highest rated ISPs in the country. Nice. They actually hold barbecues for their uh, people to come to, and you can eat food. Probably not right now because of the Yeah, crowd. I don't recommend going to a barbecue, especially if it's 50 people or more. Yeah. I don't know. It would depend on what kind of foods there. I'd chance it. <laughs> Probably barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, but like, what are we talking? Is it just like plain ass pulled pork, or are we talking like some brisket and it's shit? So you got, you're gonna have like alligator. smoked sausages. Like, I had some lazy bones last night. It was delicious. Yeah, sounds good. Anyways, what else? What do we got? Last one. Yeah, We're- Nintendo uh, has confirmed that Ring Fit Adventure is sold out everywhere. Bummer. Because people need to exercise indoors, I guess. Yeah. Although apparently. They were hard to find before this crisis happened. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, like after the holidays, people like it was still like it was pretty. It sold well for the holidays. I got a copy of it for Christmas from Nicole. I haven't used it yet because I haven't cleaned up my basement enough to be able to do that. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I think there were um, reports that a lot of people in China like it was selling out in China because of the coronavirus um, and now you basically can't find it anywhere so that's a bummer I actually eBay for 120 to 170 dollars even though it's sells for like 79.99 I kind of would like to try it but I guess I won't anytime soon <laughs> nope it's it's a little out of my price range at the moment anyways but in the future it sounds fun. Yeah. I've heard it actually works pretty well. I've heard cool things about it. I'm excited to play it at some point, but you know. I'm hoping that if it's this popular that they have other games available at some point for that peripheral. Yeah, you would think they would do that or like offer more DLC. I've heard that there's like a pretty big speed running community for the game too now. <laughs> That sounds dangerous. Yeah, it doesn't prevent. Man has heart attack doing a speed run of Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah, but uh, on Twitch, cocaine use has increased from. Oh jeez! All right, I think that's it for news. Is that for like for everything, man? Yeah, this is it. it. This is the last episode. (laughs) Uh, See you in hell. Uh, from the dollar flute. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully this won't be the last episode. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, we can do this remotely, so we can do this forever, assuming the power grid holds up. Yeah, hopefully. True. Um, but yeah, next episode, I'm not quite sure what we're covering. Doom Eternal will be out. Brian yes. that, so he will probably talk about that. I- I will definitely be playing a fair amount of that before we record the next time. Hopefully I I'll be able to um, talk about Warlords of New York next time. 
That would be good. I haven't fully convinced myself to not buy Animal Crossing yet, even though I don't think I'm going to like it. Because I've never bought an Animal Crossing game because I've never thought I would like it. But part of it is getting to me. So. It's not something I thought I would like either, but I definitely enjoyed playing it. Pet, like, whichever the last one was that came out. Uh, the one for 3DS? Oh, no, I mean, like, for a regular console, home console. The Wii was U? that on Wii, Wii or GameCube? Or? It would have been the Wii U. Okay, then never mind. I guess I didn't play the last one. It was older than that. <laughs> I thought it's been a really long time since one came out. <laughs> well, it's been a really long time since you played one. We Animal Crossing came out in uh, 2008, <laughs> 12 years ago. Yeah, then that's probably the one I played. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anyway, I may or may not pick that up, and that comes out on the 20th. We will probably be recording somewhere around the 28th or 29th. So. Cool. Neo 2 comes out soon, too, doesn't oh. it? Oh, yeah. By the next time that we record, I will have played Half-Life Alex with an index. Ooh. Oh. So I should hopefully be able to talk about that. Unless, of course, I smash the controller on the wall because I don't have enough place to play it in. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out. Yep. <laughs> yep. I just have a strip that's like three feet by like four feet to just well, stand in. But the index is, is probably fancy. I mean, I know it's fancy, so it, it most likely has an external camera so you can actually see. Your... It does. And there's a thing that you can turn on so that um, when you get close to the boundary, it turns the camera on. Uh, uh, that could be disorienting. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's like a ghost image or what it is, but anyway, we'll see. Nice. I should be able to talk about it, I hope. Yeah, hey, I'm curious just to hear your uh, impressions of the index itself. Yeah, no, I'm Which excited. I've heard like some mixed things about it, like it's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes to get things to work on it, but when it's working, it's the best VR experience you can get, hands down. Yeah, I... Um... I'm I'm excited to compare it to PSVR because I know the fidelity is going to be a lot better, but um, I'm also like trying to find games that aren't available on PSVR to play that people are pretty big on, and I haven't necessarily stumbled upon anything yet. But there's some there's a free Valve thing called the Lab that came out with the HTC Vibe that had some Portal ish stuff with it. Yeah, that stuff's cool. I've I've yeah. played around with that. Yeah, so I'd like to play some of that, and we'll see. There's a there's a lot of free stuff. There's that weird like social game. I don't remember. The, it's kind of funny. Uh, people just yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's just funny because people are you know doing lewd gestures to each other and stuff, and yeah. But I mean, there's also like fun little mini games to play and whatnot. Uh, I recommend personally. If you maybe you don't have Doom Three BFG Edition, but if you do for some reason, you should get the VR mod for it. Interesting. It it yeah. requires a bit of adjustment and stuff, yeah. And you have to install like a texture pack and all this shit. But it wasn't that bad. I had it running up and running in like 
probably 30 minutes or something. And it was very impressive and very freaky. I will have to see if I, I think I might have Doom 3 on Steam. I don't know. Maybe not. But I'm sure it's not that expensive anymore anyway. So I think they sell yeah. it for $10 on, on the Switch. But anyway. Yeah, it, cool. But yeah, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwayGameNerds.com slash links. And the Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon again, like we had mentioned, .bz slash Patreon. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Rate and review. That is very important, actually. And I feel like not enough people understand that with podcasts. Uh, help us grow. Rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode. And we will have you in a couple of weeks for a new one. Thanks again. Peace.